welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I am your host, Cliff the Grooms. Tonight, it is Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022. It is another edition of the Post-it Notes. Uh, before we run down these um, high school scores from Thursday night, we got to pay some bills now. I want to give a shout out to um, the team and the fine people at Tolly and Associates for everything that you do for the podcast. also want to give a shout out to Barnes Roofing, uh, David Jin Schobro, and I also want to give a shout out to our new sponsors just added tonight, Rob and Stacey Astuter. Thank you guys all so much. Thank you and the family for your support of the podcast. Appreciate that so much. We're going to run down some high school scores before we get to the week five high school football previews here real quick. Let's run down some volleyball scores. Lafayette went 3-0 on the week with a 3-1 victory over Chillicothe. St. Pius beats LeBlanc in four sets, 3-1. Benton beats Savannah in three sets, 3-1. And then in a competitive game in the Battle of the Bucks, East Buck defeats Mid-Buck 3-2. And that one, that will round out the volleyball scores. It's boys soccer. LeBlanc with a big win over St. Pius, 3-1. And Fort Osage narrowly edges out Central one to nothing in softball. Central shuts out Park Hill six to nothing, and Savannah wins eight to four over Bishop LeBlanc. Also, before we move on here to the Week Five high school football preview, I want to give a shout out to the um, Savannah girls and the Bishop LeBlanc boys cross country teams. The Savannah girls finished first place in the Dwayne Kimball Invitational over at Rosecrans. On Thursday afternoon, also Bishop Abad boys finished second in the same invitational. Shout out to both teams there on a job well done. In high school football, we are in week five of the high school football season as the midway point of the season is quickly approaching. Before we talk about this week's games in the Midland Empire Conference, let's talk about the um the conference standings here. St. Pius is the only... um. Team who was 2-0 in the conference. They have a 4-0 overall record. Two teams are tied at 1-0. Savannah and Benton. We'll talk about those two teams more here in just a few minutes. Both teams are 1-0. Savannah is 4-1. Benton is 3-1 on the season. Chillicothe and Maryville are both tied at 1-1 apiece in the conference. So Maryville would have the tiebreaker there in that scenario with a week three win over Chillicothe. Cameron is 0-2, also is Lafayette. Cameron is 1-3 on the season. The Fighting Irish are 0-4. Let's go into the schedule here for week five, and it is our Cliff Notes podcast game of the week as the Savannah Savages go on the road on the south side to take on the Bitten Cardinals. Both teams, I think, are a pretty good surprise this season. I know uh, Bitten, they wins have been hard to come by over the last few years for the Cardinals. And for Savannah, you know, maybe the last few years haven't really worked out as Savannah would probably imagine it in two years under uh, former coach Kevin Kopecky. But Coach Anthony Hayes has this Savannah team bought in. And they are coming off a couple of impressive shutouts. One over Kurtzville, 29 to nothing in week three. And then last week's shutout over Lafayette, 69 to nothing. They also own a victory over the class one defending state champion, East Buchanan Bulldogs. We had an opportunity to talk to um, Coach Hayes ahead of this big matchup with the Benton Cardinals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Clip Dust Podcast. We get ready to preview week five of the high school football season, and it is time to preview our Clip Notes Podcast game of the week as the 4-0 Savannah Savages take on the 3-1 Benton Cardinals on the south side of St. Joseph. We have Savage head coach Anthony Hayes with us, back with us. Coach, how are you? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on, um, Coach. Um, we haven't talked for a couple of weeks, but um, I'll tell you what, though. Um, last couple of weeks against Kirksville Lafayette, pitching back-to-back shutouts, and um, the offense, especially last week, the defense came together, the offense came together, a lot of kids got playing time. Coach, just talk about your last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the defense. That's, you know, to go eight straight quarters to shut out football. Um, it's a testament to our kids and, and then buying into what our defensive staff, you know, Coach Wiley, Coach Bodenhausen, Coach Dreyer, and Coach Strick are, are selling to them. You know, they're, they're, they're learning and they're eager to learn at practice on, on, you know, what we need to do to stop people. And I felt like they really rose to the occasion the past couple of weeks and, and uh, really led us to victory for a couple of weeks. You know, we had some good offensive, stand, you know, standouts as well. But anytime you, uh, you, you put a goose egg on the, on the scoreboard, you got to give the defense a shout out. And, uh, that's a winning formula right there. Well, Coach, let's talk about that offense, especially last week. I'm putting 69 points on Lafayette. And, um, you know, with the fact you put 69 points on the scoreboard, you were able to get some of those second or third, te- um, third straighters in there. Just talk about um, just talk about your offense performance and just how big it is, like, for you building this program, um, really, to get those second and third stringers in. Yeah, you know, we we uh, we started subbing in our, our twos about, you know, midway through the second quarter. And then, you know, by halftime, we were playing a lot of our younger kids and our JV kids. And um, I think getting kids Friday night experience is huge. Uh, so we, we have some kids that are kind of in between kids that maybe play a couple special teams on Fridays, but then they play mainly on Mondays at sub varsity games. Well, they're able to get a whole half of Friday night football in valuable reps. Um, and we got to see some kids like really turn it up a notch and see what, how they would look underneath the Friday night lights. And, um, you know, I think it helps build depth. I think it helps build excitement. I mean, when kids know they got a chance to play on Fridays, um, you know, everybody's locked in and, you know, at practice the next week, those, those JV kids realize, you know, if I give the varsity a good look at practice and they do a great job, maybe I could go get my turn, you know? And so I think it's great for the program to, to have Fridays like that. They're not always going to be like that, but if you can get a, get a few like that where you get some young kids some playing time, it's, it's great for the program um, and building depth and for the future. Well, Coach, uh, this Friday night, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, a trip to the south side of St. Joseph. Uh, you guys are 4-0 in the MEC. There's another team in the MEC that's looking to make the name for themselves in the MEC, and that's the Benton Cardinals. Um, this is a huge football game, really, for both programs to see where they're at in the conference race. Um, Coach, just talk about, um, you know, Benton's rise um, from the last couple of years, what you've seen on the scouting report and what can we expect from this game on Friday? Yeah, you know, I'm new, um, you know, so I don't really know the Benton of old. I just know what I've seen, you know, on film for the first four weeks. So what I see is a team three and one, and their only loss is to a class five school, and they've won with lopsided scores, you know, and they got some good athletes and a senior-led team. And, and so I'm expecting um, – you know, a battle on Friday night. You know, it's a, a really good football team that we got to go into their place. And so our kids better better strap it up and, and, and go in there knowing they're going to play their very, very best to, to get ourselves another um, MEC win. 
Well, Coach, uh, congratulations on your on your guys' 4-0 start this season. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys um, live for the first time in person on Friday night. Um, well, Coach, thank you so much for coming on once again onto the podcast, making time out of your busy schedule to join me here. And uh, good luck to you and your boys on Friday, and I'll see you at the game. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you covering our, our football program. A huge shout-out to head coach Anthony Hayes. Thank you so much, Coach, for coming on the podcast and previewing this big Week 5 matchup. Now, the Bitten Cardinals, this team is 3-1 and one on the season. Easily the best start under head coach Kevin Keaton's tenure with the Cardinals. Uh, Bitten is coming off a um, win in Week 1 against Kansas City Northeast, 49-14. Took one on the chin against Central, 47-13 in Week 2, but then bounced back very, very nicely by getting a win over Lafayette, 44-13. Their win over their north side rivals for the first time since 2015 and a first win at Lafayette since 2006. But then last week, possibly the most complete game under head coach Kevin Keaton's tenure of not only his career tenure but of the season. A 63-0 to shutout over Kansas City Central. A game where Benton played very well on all facets of the football. Uh, coach came on the podcast earlier this week talk about that game against Kansas City Central and a look ahead to this tough NBC matchup with the Savages. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are here previewing the Cliff Notes Podcast game of the week this Friday night on the south side of St. Joseph as the Savannah Savages travel to face the Benton Cardinals. We are here with Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton. Coach, how are you? Doing good, Cliff. Coach, I'm extremely excited about the game. I'm extremely excited to be in attendance this Friday night. But before we can um, talk about that game, let's talk about last Friday night. I'll tell you what, what a performance for your football team. 63 to nothing. You guys were just able to defeat Kansas City Central. It was homecoming. It was a nice way to send the homecoming crowd happy to the dance. Um, coach, just um overall, just your thoughts on the ball game. Well, everybody, everybody wants to win homecoming. Um, it was a clean game for the boys. Um, no turnovers, created quite a few. I think we created seven. Um and I'll tell you, I, I know that staff over there at KC Central, uh, DJ Patel does a phenomenal job. And, I, you know, he's a friend of mine. So I, I know what he's going through. And I, in a way, because of the spirit of the game and the spirit of sportsmanship, I, I you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for them to, you know, find a way to, to eke out some success this year. But um, as far as our boys, they did exactly what they had to do. Um, put it to bed early, and and for the most part, stayed injury-free. Coach, I would probably think that's probably your most complete game of the season, correct? I think so. Definitely. That was a great defensive effort. Defense, offense, just seemed like everything was just working there. But, um, Coach, before we talk about Savannah, I know we talked a lot about the um, the seniors and on your football team who's went through a lot. I want to I talk about Jackson Rich a little bit. I mean, he, this is a kid that's pretty much a – Coming to his own the last couple of weeks, um, holding down the starting position very well. Just talk about Jackson's performance this season. He has, you know, if you would have seen us uh, the second week of June seven on seven, oh my, we we have come a long way at that position. And <clears throat> you know, the game is starting to slow down for Jackson, so that his athleticism can just shine. Um, 
he's still not as consistent as we want him to be um, on every throw, but gosh dang, he looks good. When, he, when he's on, he really is on. So I'm really happy for him. Definitely had a good performance there. Definitely had a good performance there. I was at the uh, Lafayette game also. We talked after that. Uh, he definitely had a great performance at that game also. But, Coach, uh, back in MEC play this week, um, after a non-conference break last week, um, Savannah comes to town, as I mentioned earlier. This is a big football game for both these teams. I think uh, these are uh, two football teams that have, have improved a lot this season, and I think this is going to be a good game to see where both teams are at in the MEC. Do you agree with me? I'll tell you. Um, right now on film, Savannah looks like a wrecking crew. They are big, strong, mean, fast. Number 22 is as good a tailback as I've ever seen at any level. Um, 19 is a great quarterback. You know, he, he returns – both those two are returning six is, an, is a really good slot coach. He has some really, he has some good schemes that he's running. Um, will it will take our very best game and we cannot turn the ball over. I know this is so cliche, but it's true. We cannot turn the ball over. We can't give them short fields. Um, and we're going to have to find a way to make something happen in some time. We're going to have to find a way to create, um, and we can. We have that potential. I'll, I'll say this for us. Our boys had their best week of practice. And they they recognize what a big game this is. Certainly in MEC standings, um, district standings down the road, when you start talking about week 10, this this thing really matters. And our, our boys practice liked it, like it did this week. Well, Coach, uh, I'll tell you what um, – I definitely what a what a what a good season you guys are having so far. Congratulations on the uh, three and one start, um, Coach. Thank you so much as always for um, coming on the podcast and taking time out of your week to um, join me here. Um, I definitely look forward to seeing you and the team on Friday night. Look forward to seeing a great ball game on the south side. Hey, I want to thank you for that Cliff's Notes uh, podcast T-shirt that you gave me a couple weeks ago. That thing is sweet. Uh, absolutely, definitely. They've been flying off the shelves there, Coach. Um, if you want to see a picture of Coach um, in his podcast shirt, you can find it on my Facebook page um, there. But, um, Coach, um, you look really good in it. Um, thank you so much for the support, as always. And um, I look forward to um, seeing you and the team on Friday. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you then. Also, thank you so much to head coach Kevin Keaton for coming on. This is going to be the game where I will be at tomorrow night. We are going to have post-game and photos live from the south side tomorrow night. And if you can't be there at Sports Field, you can also catch it on the radio or on the website at stjosephpost.com. You can find the link there on Friday afternoon. Tommy Rezach will have the call there on stjosephpost.com. Another matchup in the city of St. Joseph that we're going to talk about is North Kansas City visiting the Central Indians. The Indians are off to their best start in Coach Reggie Trotter's tenure. Indians are coming off a 49-14 win over Ruskin in week one. And then beat Benton, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, 47-13. And then a very back-and-forth game. Just couldn't make that last stop to against Raytown, where they fell to the Blue Jays at Noise Field, 58-56 a couple of weeks ago. But the Indians bounced back really nicely last week at Independence with a 40-10 win over William Crispin. They take on a North Kansas City team who is also 
it was it was two and two on the season. Um, uh, they're they're three and one on the season. Three and one on the season. Um. Well, they uh, they beat Columbia Hickman in Week One, shut them out, and then a low-scoring game against Raytown South, fifteen to six, and then they in Week Three they fell for the first time this season to Platt County, twenty-five to fourteen was the final score, and that one they bounced back really nicely with a nice defensive effort as they defeated Belton, twenty-three to three there. So, um, the thing about North Kansas City is, you know, the offense hasn't quite come around. For the Hornets yet under uh, another year under head coach Leon Douglas, but this defense is always is always very very stout. I uh, talked about last year, you know, just how good that defensive front was for the Hornets, and um, there's no exception again. Um, they had three of their four defensive linemen back for this season, and two of them are actually committed on the Division One level. One of them is committed to Alabama, and then one is committed to Oklahoma. So that's going to be an interesting matchup there as the North Kansas City defensive line is going to take on the um, central offensive line, which has become one of the strengths for the Indians this season. We had an opportunity this week to catch up with the head coach of the Indians, Reggie Trotter. He talked about last week's game against William Crispin, talked about his relationship with Leon Douglas from their days at Missouri Western, and a look ahead to this big suburban red matchup with the North Kansas City Hornets. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Clip Dose Podcast. We are here still previewing the Week 5 high school football schedule. We are here with the head coach of the Central Indians, Reggie Trotter, is back with us. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Clifton. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you on. Uh, coach, I know it's been a couple of weeks since um, we've had you on the podcast, but a little bit, we'll go a couple of weeks in review here. Um, before we talk about the um, the win against William Crispin last Friday night, let's go back to the week before. Um, probably one of the, uh, the more, one of the more exciting games in the area in week three. It was a 58-56 shootout versus Raytown. Um, unfortunately, came up on the wrong side of that, but I thought the offense played really well, and I thought you guys had an opportunity to win at the end there. So, um Coach, just overall, just um, look back on that game against Raytown. You know, it showed a lot of great resilience by our kids. You know, um, you know, offensively we were clicking all night. I, I think there was a, a couple stops that Raytown got, but ultimately they they really didn't stop us very much all night. I think Stone was dialed in. Our line blocked well. We did a lot of really really good things. They loaded the box, so we weren't able to run as well as we have or as we wanted to uh, to try and eat some of that clock. But we were able to get big-time chunk plays uh, through the air, and uh, guys really stepped up and, and really put the ball in the end zone a lot. Uh, we Unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately, we couldn't get the stops that we needed. You know, we needed one stop at the end uh, to get them off the field, and, and we just couldn't make that one play, you know, and that's that's really, that's really disheartening. Uh, I'm sure as a fan, it was a great game to watch. Uh, as a defensive guy, as a, as a coach, it's, it stunk. You know, there's no question about it. It was, it was probably a really exciting game. Uh, but I was more disappointed at the at the 58 points that we gave up as opposed to the 56. You know, I mean that uh, that we scored. So, you know, it's a lot of things to grow from that week. Uh, so we're looking forward to you know we were looking forward to, to last week's opponent as well. So um, it was a great game, obviously for for everybody involved. Uh, Raytown was playing really well, and not to take anything away from them, but if we could get one stop, that's a dub, you know, and that's something that we we got to make sure we get. Well, Coach, um, you did a great job bouncing back um, last week against William Christman on the road in Independence. As opposed to giving up 58, you only gave up 10 
and the offense still put up over 40 points. Uh, Coach, just uh, talk about uh, your team's performance last Friday night. You know, it was really it was really fun to watch. You know, it was the first time I've actually felt comfortable in a game this season. You know, because I felt like we were uh, we were really dialed in offensively. We we drove way down and really ate the clock the first uh, the first quarter. Uh, unfortunately, we turned the ball over, but then on defense we were able to get off the field uh, in three plays. You know, we actually got our own turnover, and then our offense went down and scored, and then it was just kind of a landslide from there. Uh, you know, we did give up the one long field goal early on. Uh, they have a, a phenomenal kicker. I was watching. I think he kicked a 42-yard field goal, and it was like, oh, you think he'll miss this? I'm like, no, I watched him kick from 40 yards with room to spare pregame. So, no, he's going to hit this field goal. We just got to make sure we bounce back. It was a good stop for us, and no question about it, force him a long field goal. But they ultimately hit it. But our offense was really clicking. You know, it was really fun to watch. Our guys really get after it, you know. And, and from a running back standpoint, you know, we had the big, long touchdown run by Gabe. Uh, but really the the most impressive thing about that whole thing, you know, the offensive line blocked great for sure. Gabe hit the hole, was patient, and, and really exploded through it. Uh, but the effort of Astro Katakis getting down to to really kind of block off and shield off a couple guys that were really hot on pursuit of Gabe to, to score that touchdown. They were giving a lot of great effort. And for Astro to match that effort and get in front of those guys to, to ensure that, that Gabe scores is, is a big time, you know, and then, uh, it was repaid back to him, uh, you know, a few touchdowns later uh, by Anthony Vassar. You know, uh, uh, Asher catches a quick slant pass. It was really quick on him. Makes a guy miss, gets down the football field. Again, they've got a guy down there that's trying to really work hard to, to get Asher stopped before the end zone. And the Anthony does a good job of shielding each other off, you know, shielding, shielding the guys off to make sure Asher gets in. You know, all those guys are really bought into helping each other and, and really, that's um, that's a really testament to our offensive coaching staff and those kids buying into what we want to do offensively. So that's really been fun to watch. Yeah, um, can you expand on that, just the evolution and just the process of this offense, of how it's come along? I know there's been some games over the last couple of years with all these guys involved in the offense where the off- the points, were, points and yards were hard to come by. But just, can you just talk about just this evolution, just this process of just how it's come um come to fruition now well honestly it's our offensive line you know to be completely honest you know those guys uh have really bought into having coach Olson as their as their offensive line position coach uh he's the first one i've had for back-to-back seasons since i've been here uh he's done a phenomenal job with those young men and they've really bought into him and um you know they're a strong group of kids that are together uh he'll rotate guys in and out a little bit just to make sure that guys are fresh and he's really done a great job with those kids. And, and I really – that's been the biggest difference, you know. <clears throat> that and uh, honestly with, you know, having Gabe as a running back has really been beneficial as well. I don't want to take anything away from that young man uh, who's, you know, who's just a sophomore and uh, who's going to – he is a great player in his own right. Uh, but our offensive line, uh, you can't do anything. You can't run if you can't block. You can't, you know, can't throw if you can't protect. Those guys up front have been really the – the biggest difference that we've been able to have on our offense. Well, then we're going to focus on we're going to focus on this week's opponent back at Noise Field uh, this Friday night. A tough game against North Kansas City. Before we talk about the um, the North Kansas City football team, I want to ask you. Uh, I know that we talked about this a couple of years ago when we previewed this matchup. Um, your relationship with North Kansas City head coach Leon Douglas. Um, 
Um, Leon was a um, former player for you when you were the defensive coordinator at Missouri Western. Um, can you just talk about um, your relationship um, back in at Missouri Western and, and still to this day, even though you guys will be coaching against each other this Friday? You know, Leon is, is like a brother to me. You know, he really is. I, I, I have a I have a lot of love for that young man. He's he's done a ph- phenomenal job at North Kansas City. They were uh he was very similar situation when he got to Northtown as as we are uh currently, you know, and all of a sudden things just kind of turned and he was able to to do some things and and really start to get kids to buy into what he's doing uh from a program standpoint, but uh he was one of the first first young men I've ever got, you know, I ever, you know, recruited. You know, I was a young coach in, in 1990, I guess it was 2000, 2001. 2001, I recruited Leon, and uh, one of the first kids I actually signed, you know, and that was something that was it's fun for me to be able to talk about that. You know, the the, the two first kids I ever recruited uh, that got to come to Missouri Western were, were Leon Douglas, who's a phenomenal coach at Northtown, and Michael Cobbins, who's an incredible athletic director at, at Kip Academy. Um you know, in Kansas City there, and both kids are, are Kansas City guys, and, um, you know, it's fun to, to really watch those guys grow and, and become the men that they are, you know, with their families, and, um, you know, Leon's definitely is, is a, holds a special place in my heart because we are so close. You know, we've gotten uh, really close over the years. We talk quite often. Uh, a lot of times he t- calls call, call me to talk a little trash or whatever, but, you know, it's all in good fun, you know, and it's something that's been um, really good for me to bounce ideas off of him because when I became a head coach at the high school level, I had lots of questions. You know, I've never coached high school before, before I got this job. So uh, there were lots of questions that I have and, and, you know, that I had, and now, I, you know, I had a, I had a resource that I could reach out to that that's done it the right way. And uh, it's really benefited me uh, as a head high school football coach. And, and hopefully there's been some things he talked to, talked to me about that maybe have benefited him. So I'm, I'm excited to, for this matchup between us. Absolutely. I'm sure probably the I'm, I'm almost positive the trash talk is picked up this week a little bit. But um, <laughs> talk about um, talk about North, let's talk about North Kansas City as a football team here. Um, this is another team, same record as you guys, um, three and one. Um, their only loss was to Platte County this season. But um, when you talk about North Kansas City, um, you know their defensive line is always stout. They got a defensive lineman um, who's uh, for those who follow the recruiting scene. They got a um, defensive lineman who's committed to Alabama and I'm sure they probably got um, other players that are um, got some offers there so just um, talk about um, North Kansas City your scouting report and what can we expect on Friday well um, I'm, a, I'm anticipating a very highly regarded matchup of strength versus strength our offensive line versus their defensive line uh, they do have one uh, I believe Edric is, is committed to Alabama and PJ is committed to Oklahoma I believe um, so both of those kids can play, but the other two guys that they have up front are no slouches. You know, there's some good football players, and they rotate guys in that play hard and get after it, and they, and they want to win. Um, you know, last year offensively, they, they didn't do some of the things that uh, that Leon likes to do, and so their record wasn't as, as good as they would have been used to. Um, but they're very, very good. You know, there's no question about it. I think the, uh, like you said, the Platte County game was a lone hiccup um, but they'll, uh, you know, they're not afraid to run the football, you know, and they'll run it. They've run it on everybody, and they haven't been stopped really a whole bunch. So, you know, it's our challenge for us, you know, is going to be able to tackle their backs um, and really find gaps to make sure we tackle. But 
their strength is their defensive line for sure, and, and that's going to have to go up against our strength, which is our offensive line. So uh, it should be a great matchup all night. Definitely a great matchup for straight, versus straight versus straight. Something's going to have to give on Friday yeah. there, Friday night there at Noise Field, North Kansas City visiting Central this Friday night, a matchup of three-and-one football teams. Uh, well, Coach, um, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast. Once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on and just talk Central Indian football. Congratulations on the great start this season, and um, good luck to you and your boys this Friday night against Northtown. I appreciate it. We're going to need it. You know, we're we're definitely going to need it. Thank you so much, Coach Trotter, for coming on the podcast. That's going to be a fun one there at Noah's Field, North Kansas City, Visit Central. Then the last city matchup that we're going to preview is a non-conference matchup as the Lafayette Fighting Irish will be hosting Sarcoxy in non-conference play. The Fighting Irish has been, they've been off to a very rough start this season as as it pertains to um, the Fighting Irish football team. I know, you know, you, we always talked about, you know, the production that they had to replace uh, last season. And they just been, they just been unable to find their groove this season. Tough losses to center, Pleasant Hill, Benton, and then a tough loss to Savannah last week. But they look to get back in the win column for the first time in 2022 against Sarcoxy. Now the Bears of Sarcoxy are actually coming to St. Joseph from Southwest Missouri, and they're actually 4-0. They're in Class 1 District 3, so it's Class 1 stepping up to meet Class 3. Sarcoxy owns wins this season over Commerce, Oklahoma, Cleaver, Pierce City, and Stockton before heading into this matchup with Lafayette on the north side of St. Joseph this Friday. MEC play. Maryville is on the road at Cameron Spoofhounds or 2-2 two and two on the season, coming off a tough loss to St. Pius. Maryville has actually been one of the teams that's been able to play St. Pius close the last couple of seasons. I would be, I'm definitely looking forward to a rematch there if that maybe could very well happen in the district championship game, but who knows? We still got several weeks left to go until the end of the season. So Maryville looking to bounce back off that loss to St. Pius. They are 2-2 two and two on the season. They are taking on a Cameron Dragon team. Who was one and three on the season? They they had a win against Kansas City Southeast in week two, but they have had some very tough defeats this season under first year head coach Wes Bell. A tough loss in week one to Lincoln Prep, and then tough two tough NBC losses to St. Pius in week three, and then at Chillicothe last week. We had an opportunity earlier in the week to catch up with head coach Matt Webb of the Maryville Spoofouts. We talked about last week's game against St. Pius, and we get a look ahead to their matchup in Cameron. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Clip Notes podcast. We are week five is quickly approaching. Maryville is on the road at Cameron this Friday night for a matchup at Dave Goodwin Field. Spoofhound coach Matt Webb is back with us. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you, Clifton? I'm doing great, coach. Uh, another week to get to talk to you about Spoofhound football. Um. Coach, uh, before we uh, move on to preview the game against Cameron this Friday night, um, took a took a trip to Kansas City. Um, always a tough NBC matchup with St. Pius. Um, Thirty-four to twenty-seven was the result for your spoof hounds. A loss to the Warriors. Coach, just um, talk about um, your thoughts on the game. Well, it was a good football game. Uh, it's two really good teams, I think. Um, you know, playing for um, a lot of impact and, and a lot of. Um, you know that you know with us both being in the you know conference game and um, you know and then uh, class three district eight um, you know it's another year another um, you know uh, 
game at the end of the game where St. Pius went up, beats Maryville by one score. Um, and Maryville had the lead at halftime. So, um, you know, that's uh, kind of a broken record. Um, and that's not acceptable in our culture. Um, that's not what we want to do. You give St. Pius the credit. They have a really good culture. They're very well coached. They've got really good players. They play very physical. Um, they execute um, and, and do the things it takes to, to win tight football games. That's why they played for a state championship last year. Um, that's why Coach Simone and his staff do an excellent job getting their kids and their players to play at a at a championship level. We, we're not there yet. So, um, you know, we're, we're a work in progress and, and um, we'll go, uh, we're focusing on Cameron, but um, at the same time, you know, hopefully we get a, an opportunity to learn a lot from our loss this last Friday night. Hey, Coach, I'll tell you what, you know, if there's one thing that you guys will do, I, I definitely have very good confidence. You guys will definitely learn from that. Uh, Maryville always finds a way to um, bounce back. But, Coach, uh, week five is approaching uh, on the road in Cameron. Um, Coach Bell there for his first year there with the Dragons. Just um, talk about what you've seen on film from the 2022 version of the Cameron Dragons. Well, I think, um, you know, number one, I think they're, they're very well coached. Um, Coach Bell was a really good hire by Cameron to, um, for their school district and then their football program to bring in. He's, a, he's an excellent human being. Um, I've kind of known him um, off and on through uh, over the years, and um, Cameron's very fortunate to have him um, leading and directing their football program. They're a, a flexbone option, um, offense attack. Um, and uh, in year one, you can see in four weeks in each one of their films that they're getting better. And um, that's what you want to do in year one. They are physical on the offensive line. Their backs are really physical coming downhill. Um, you know, their fullback position and their A-backs and B-backs, they're, they're kind of their wings and that flex bone stuff make it very difficult to, to stop the run. Um, they, they, they are getting better every week. I'm, I'm very impressed with what Coach Bell and his staff have been able to do there in a short amount of time at Cameron. So um, it'll be a, a tough out for sure. Well, Coach, um, I want to thank you so much. Uh, every single time um, you, you join me, you're always one of my favorite interviews to talk to, Coach. Um, thank you so much for joining me for another week, and um, good luck to you guys on the road in Cameron. Thank you, Clifton. Have a good week. Our last matchup in the MEC that we're going to preview is Chillicothe on the road to take on St. Pius. The Hornets began the season with a 42-7 win over Marshall, ended up at an appearance in the state rankings at number 7, then went on a two-game losing streak as they got beat by Kirksville and Maryville, both those games on the road. Pretty lopsided to say, but um, in week four, they were able to rebound at home. It was homecoming for the Hornets as they rebounded very nicely with a shutout of Cameron. 42 to nothing was the final score. They're going to be looking to get a two-game winning streak going as they take on the MEC conference leader there in St. Pius. In the KCI, we got several matchups there. Three and one East Buchanan taking on 0 and 4 Hamilton. Um, Hamilton looking for their um, first win of the season while the Bulldogs look to continue their trail towards another conference championship. Mid Buchanan coming off two shutouts two weeks in a row to West Platte and Lawson. They're on the road in Lathrop looking for a big win there to stay atop of the conference there. East Buck is number two in the Class 1 state rankings. Mid Buck is number three. That definitely could very well be looking like a head-on collision there for Week 8, October the 14th. That comes around. That matchup take place at East Buchanan in Week 8. Lawson is on the road at West Platte. That's going to be a 
good measuring stick for both those teams. I'll tell you what, what a surprise this season has been North Platte, a team that started 0-2 on the season. This is a team that's been very, very good this season. They are 2-2 on the season. This is a team that, you know, this season that wins have been very, very hard to come by for the North Platte Hornets. But North Platte coming off a um, a couple of wins. They got a win over Maysville in week two. 20 to nothing, but then um, I'll tell you what, a good win over a very solid Hamilton team, a team that is a little bit down this year, but that's one of the more consistent teams in the KCI Conference, and North Platte beat them in two overtimes, 25-4 to was the final score, and that one, North Platte, their only two losses on the season were to Gallatin and East Buchanan, both those teams are in the Class 1 state rankings, that's it. For the KCI schedule, um, in the um, North Platte is on the road at Plattsburgh. Sorry about that. I uh, didn't get, actually get to mention who they played. North Platte is on the road at Plattsburgh. In the Grand River Conference, Maysville is at Gallatin. Milan is at Trenton. Polo is at South Harrison. And then Putnam County is on the road at Princeton. That rounds out the 11-man schedule. In the 8-man football world, Archie, the number three ranked rural wins, take their undefeated record on the road to St. Joseph as they take on Bishop LeBlanc. The Golden Eagles started out 1-0 against Pattonsburg with a 66-44 win and then ran into the um, to two of the top teams in all of eight-man football in North Andrew in Week 2 and then Worth County in Week 3, but bounced back really nicely with a 66-12 win over St. Joe Christian. Landon Garner actually had seven touchdowns, and they gave five on the ground, two through the air. Nice bounce back game for Bishop LeBlanc as they are 2-2 two two on the season. I think very well in this game, we might find out where LeBlanc is at as far as this football team because... You know, this is a very, very tough football team. You know, playing a tough schedule against North Andrew, Worth County, and Archie, you definitely want to test yourself against some of the best competition. We talked about that with head coach Chuck Davis as he was able to um, make an appearance on the podcast this week as we talk about the matchup with Archie this week and look back on their Week 4 win at St. Joe Christian. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Clip Dust Podcast. We are still continuing on with our preview of the Week 5 high school football slate. We are here with the head coach of the Bishop LeVon Gold Eagles, Chuck Davis, is back with us. Coach, how are you? I'm great, Cliff. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. We're almost halfway through the season already. Ain't that, ain't that crazy? It's flying. Yeah, time flies by when you're having fun. So, um, well, Coach, um, I had the opportunity to um, see you guys in person last Friday night um, at St. Joe Christian, 66-12. to 12 Was the score in that one? Great way for your kids to bounce back after a couple of tough losses to some real quality competition. Um, would you probably say um, that's probably your most complete game of the season? Absolutely. I think that we did a pretty good job of um, taking the lessons we've learned, learned the hard way the last couple of weeks and correcting some of the little mistakes. Obviously, there's always something you, you can improve on. Uh, but we corrected some of our bigger flaws going into last week and – I'm proud of the kids for the effort they gave and came out with the win. Well, Coach, uh, I want to um, talk about um, Landon's performance. Um, your uh, quarterback, your leader, um, seven touchdowns on the evening, um, five through the five on the ground, two through the air. Just, uh, just talk about his performance. You know, this stat line is crazy. Uh, they, the uh, gentleman on the radio mentioned this briefly, but didn't have the two-point conversions included. 
when he talked to me. And so after I statted the game, I realized that Landon had 10 total rushes on the night. Five of them were touchdowns. Five were uh, converted two-point conversions. So on the 10 carries, all 10 ended up in the end zone. That that's crazy. That's that 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 is crazy, right there. Definitely, congratulations to Landon. Landon is a uh, a huge supporter of the podcast, huge supporter of the show. Congratulations to him for his performance. But coach, um, we got the St. Joe Christian game in the bag now. Um, back at home this Friday night in the confines of Eagle Stadium, the number three team in eight man football comes to town. The Archie Whirlwinds. Um. No, this is a really, really good football team. This is a football team that's very, very explosive. Um, uh, if you know about eight-man football, you know about Briar McIntyre, obviously. So um, he's definitely probably been a name on your guys' scouting report. Just um, talk about the um, scouting report on Archie and um, what can we expect on Friday? Yeah, I think this is another really tough test for us. They're a little bit salty up front. Um, you know, that's kind of – what North Andrew is known for, but I think Archie is a little bit under the radar when it comes to their talent at the offensive and defensive line. Uh, those guys up there give Breyer enough room to see through and pick his lanes. And when he hits his downhill stride, man, that kid is slippery and hard to tackle. So we are really going to have to give it our 100% best game. Um, but I think it should be fun. Obviously coach Smith has his guys in, in uh, tip-top shape. They make very few mistakes. They're not a team that's going to ever beat themselves with silly penalties. A uh, lot of respect for that program, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them Friday. Absolutely. That's definitely going to be a game that I will definitely be uh, following from afar. Um, I know that um, if you're not able to be in the house at Eagle Stadium on Friday night, you can check it out on the Missouri 8-Man Football uh, Facebook page. Devin Albertson will have the broadcast on there live of the ball game. You can follow that as well. So, um, Coach, um, it was good to see you on Friday night. Um, congratulations on the win. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and um, good luck to you guys on Friday against Archie. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Speaking of St. Joe Christian, they are on the road this week. This schedule for them, it doesn't get any easier as they take a full a step back into the, uh, into the Grand River Conference full-time. Once again, they are on the road at number one ranked North Andrew. Now, North Andrew did not have a game last week. They had a um, they had a forfeit win over Northland Christian, doing Northland Christian not having enough players. North Andrew coming off wins the first couple of weeks over King City, over King City Bishop LeBlonde and Pattonsburg the first three weeks of the season. St. Joe Christian um, got close to a victory in week three over Santa Fe, a team that was undefeated at the time, but they have had some tough losses on the season to Stanbury, Worth County, and LeBlanc. St. Joe Christian will be looking for a good showing here against North Andrew on Friday night. A GRC Tyway 275 crossover game. That should be real interesting. It is the eight-man football game of the week on a lot of people's radars as the second-ranked Platte Valley takes on fourth-ranked Albany. Platte Valley coming off a big-time win over South Holt and then a shutout over Nottoway Valley the week before. Uh, Platte Valley is 4-0. They will be looking to extend their record to 5-0 against the Albany Warriors. I'll tell you what, Albany has been a great surprise this season. Got a win over Rich Hill in week one. Um, and then um, they went on and beat Stanbury by 21 in week two. Then uh, absolutely routed Mound City in week three. But then 
I think the big break for them came in week four as they were at home against Worth County as they beat the Tigers 36-34 was the final score in that one. And then Worth County's just been rolling everybody all season long, but then they ran into a, a great Albany team led by Kemper Klein. We did have an opportunity to catch up with both head coaches ahead of this matchup. We're going to begin our interviews here with Platte Valley head coach Johnny Silkett. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are previewing the Cliff Notes Podcast eight-man football game of the week as Platte Valley makes the trip to Albany this Friday night for a huge eight-man football game. We are here with Platte Valley head coach Johnny Silkett. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this game on Friday. Uh, this is going to be a big one. So um, we'll talk about that game more here in just a few minutes, but Coach, um, had a home game against South Hold. Um, it was on the Missouri 8-Man Football Facebook page. Um, guys looked really impressive on both sides of the football. Um, Coach, just um, your thoughts on last week's game. Yeah, I think we came out and executed pretty well on offense. I mean, we still made some mistakes. We got we go back and we critiqued the film, and we did make some mistakes. But they were aggressive mistakes, and uh, we played very physical uh, punch and holes in the – um, through some poles and such on the front line, and you know, and this, we had some uh, we had some pretty balanced attack between Carter and uh, and then also from Jackson and then also from Aiden. I think they all three were were getting some good touches, and uh, you know, we had touchdowns by all three of them. So that was really good for us to have certain balance in our running game. You know, it's kind of like everybody else has a passing game to show balance. We kind of have balance depending on who gets the ball. But, uh, yeah, defensively, uh, defense, I can't say enough about the defense right now. Defense is starting to click. Uh, they're really being aggressive. They're, uh, um, we, got some, we got some really solid open field tacklers, and, and then we got a lot of speed out there. So we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty pleased where we're at defensively. And, again, we still got a lot of growth to do. We have a lot of mental errors uh, to adjust to. And, and then this week with Albany, they're definitely going to, uh, they're definitely going to you know, try to – to make sure that we have something up their sleeves to get to get us. That's for sure. Coach, uh, before we uh, get into the scouting report a little bit, uh, Albany got a big win last week. I thought mm-hmm. uh, the win that Albany, when I first got uh, caught, when Albany first caught my attention, um, it was the win against Stanberry and just um, how, how, how impressive they just looked in that game. But this one kind of tops that one against Worth County because Worth <laughs> County's been, um, Worth County's been just, um, they just been scored a lot of points and just blowing people out of the building, but um, Albany held them to held them pretty well. So, um, just what's your thoughts whenever you looked over film, just of their victory against Worth County? Well, what you find usually, I mean, in a Doug Fountain team, and this is year in year out. He doesn't always have the athletes, but this year he definitely has the athletes. Is that they're fundamentally sound? They're they're blocking with good technique. Uh, they're in the right place. Um, they, uh, they they mix things up well. They, I mean, they basically they're smart kids. They adapt to the line of scrimmage, uh, all those things. And then of course you got to throw in Kemper Klein, and Kemper Klein has just been amazing this year. He's uh, he's definitely um, the key to how everything moves on that offense. That's for sure. But mostly, they just play really well together as a unit. Well, Coach, I know that uh, we uh, we talked about it a little bit off uh, off audio here. Uh, we talked about um, how I wish I could be at this game um, this Friday night. You you said the phrase, um, "You're going to hear the shoulder pads popping all the way from Stanford in this ball game." It's going to be very very physical. You, you you take that right, Coach? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Last year it was definitely one of the most physical games we played in all of last year between us and them. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a deal where, you know, it's kind of we're going to have some attrition in this in this game, and we're going to have to, you know, feel that we have, hopefully we have enough uh, kids that are, you know, ready to roll and be able to step in and, and play well. And, again, you're going to hear this game. And, and, like I said, Doug Fountain is a fantastic coach, and uh, we're just – we're just uh, definitely we, – he's going to get us tonight. He's going to get us from Friday night at times of time. And we just got to make sure we can withstand, you know, the rush. And then we can just methodically, like we normally do, just kind of squeeze the other team. Well, Coach, um, I'll, def- I'll be at a ball game at St. Joe, but I'm definitely looking forward to um, getting on Albany TV and definitely uh, watching this game afterwards. This this one's definitely got my attention. So, Number two, Platte Valley at number four, Albany, this Friday night in Albany. Um, that's going to be a big ball game there. Um, Albany TV again if you want to watch the game there. So, um, Coach, uh, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you on, um, Coach Silke. And um, it will be, it will be talking to you down the line here. Hey, well, thank you, Clifton. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate what you guys, what you're doing to help us bring awareness to eight-man football in northwest Missouri. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Coach Silkett, for coming on the podcast. Once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Good luck to you and your boys this Friday night. As I mentioned, we were able to get um, Albany coach Doug Fountain on also. It's been almost a couple of years since we had coach on, but I figure, you know, with the, the hot stuff that they're on this season and the magnitude of this game, number two versus number four in A-Man football, we got to bring Coach Fountain on the podcast. We talk about their road to this leading up to this game this season and a look back at their huge win over Worth County last week. And we're here on the Clip Notes Podcast. We are previewing a huge week five slate here on the high school football schedule. We are here with the head coach of the Albany Warriors. He joins us once again, uh, Doug Fountain. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you up. Coach, just uh, before we talk about the matchup with the Platte Valley this Friday, um, just um, talk about the the run your team is on right now. Um, you know, the win over Stanberry week two was a big win for you guys. But then, you know, last week beating the number two team in eight-man football, Worth County, 36-34. to 34. Um, Coach, just um, talk about um, your team's performance so far this season. Well, we've got a good group of kids that have worked extremely hard. Uh, you know, we knew back probably last winter and into the spring that we would have a group that was willing to do what it took to be successful, uh, like we have had with other groups. And, and uh, you know, we've got a large senior class that, that provides a lot of leadership for us. Um, you know, we have a little bit of star power, but we got a lot of guys that, that work really hard. And, you know, guys that people probably don't know their names, and, and they're pivotal to our success. Uh, you know, we had a great summer and kids practice the right way and lift the right way and work the right way. And they're, they're the right kind of kids in the classroom and hallways. Uh, and so, you know, just that maturity and, and how they, uh, you know, approach everything that, that they get after um, has allowed us to, to have success in the early part of the season. Um, you know, we were able to start off with a week one win against Rich Hill, which is a new team on our schedule. And and then we had a familiar opponent, Stanberry, and that was a big win for us. And uh, then we go on the road for our only road contest at this point and, and uh, able to take care of business over in Mound City against a, a team that, that's always a tough fight. And then that was a big win for us last week, you know, against Worth County. And, and I think it came down to just, you know, our kids being able to compete for the entire length of the game and having maturity to handle 
uh, difficult situations. And, uh, you know, now, now our task is not to rest on what we've done to this point, but continue to build. Well, Coach, um, I know, um, you know, the Worth County win was a was a that was a huge win for you guys on the schedule here. Uh, I know there's been probably a little bit of a a little bit of a pep in their step in practice, but Coach, um, how have you been able just to kind of um, kind of calm these kids down a little bit? You know that yes, that's a big win on the schedule, but um, there there's bigger things on the horizon that you guys could accomplish. Oh, you bet. You know, we're we're in week five right now, and you know the ink's not dry on anything. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a big win for our kids, and they've gotten a lot of notoriety because of it. And they deserve, uh, you know, recognition for what they've done to this point. But, you know, if you get satisfied with being everyone's sweetheart after four weeks and, and you don't stay hungry, then you're going to be disappointed in what happens going forward. And, you know, we've got just another great test this week against an excellent, excellent elite Platte Valley football team. And, uh, you know, we better stay hungry or, or we won't like how that thing turns out. Well, Coach, just a few minutes ago, you talked about um, not having a lot of star power, but um, one of the players that, uh, that when you think of Albany Warrior football, a lot of people like to talk about is Kemper Clyde. Um, Coach, just um, talk about uh, what he's meant to this football team this season. Oh, he's pivotal. You know, he's, he plays quarterback and defensive back for us. Uh, he's in his third year starting at quarterback, and, uh, you know, he provides a lot of uh, physical ability for us, but he – Kemper's also a uh, kid that understands the game and, and uh, you know, he can help kids get better around him and his leadership this year has been superb. Um, and, you know, the other thing is he plays with a lot of humility. You know, he kind of knows what his role is and what we need out of him. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's more than what we'd expect out of someone else in terms of production, but he's also very willing to, to make others around him look better and, and play better and, uh, uh, you know, we got a lot of kids that fit that mold, that they're just unselfish people that uh, want to do their job and do it to the best of their ability and do it at a high level and, and uh, you know, help those around around them grow. And, you know, Kemper's one of those. Well, Coach, uh, this is the big one. Uh, this Friday night, I know that, you know, last week was a big game. This one might very well be bigger. Uh, Platte Valley comes to town this week, number two versus number four in the Missouri eight-man football media poll. Um, Coach, just uh, talk about what you've seen on film from uh, Platte Valley and what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Well, they're big and they're very, very physical. And, you know, they want to get you in a phone booth and just knock your teeth out of your head. And, and you know, that's sometimes how we like to play as well. But, you know, they're really good at it. And they're, they're very well coached, very patient offensively. They're not going to panic in any situations. Uh, they're going to try to stay ahead of the chains and beat you with play action. Uh, and they're really good at what they do. You know, they provide some misdirection and power, and, and uh, you know, they provide a lot of challenges to, to try to slow them down. And then defensively, again, they've got size and, and good speed, and, and they get to the football well with leverage, and they're great tacklers uh, in space. And so, uh, again, well coached on that side of the ball as well. So, you know, our, our task is difficult for sure, and, and we've got to make sure that we bring the you know our best uh, version of ourselves to, to play a great football game and, you know, uh, you never know what's going to swing the tide in a game, but we've got to make sure we're prepared to make those plays that it takes to, to swing it in our favor. Well, Coach, I know it's yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to of seeing how that game turns out on Friday night. Huge top four matchup in eight-man football this Friday night in Albany. Thank you um, so much, Coach, for being so accommodating. And um, 
thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast once again. I know it's been a little bit since you've been on, but um, Coach, thank you for being so accommodating, and uh, good luck to you guys on Friday. Hey, appreciate all that. Thank you, Clifton. Here's the rest of the eight-man football schedule in the Grand River Conference. Number number eight, King City, is on the road at number five, Worth County. Another top ten matchup in the Grand River Conference. Pattonsburg is on the road at Stanbury. Stanbury looking to keep um keep winning here. They are on a uh, looking for a two-game winning streak as they look to bounce back and look to put their name back in the eight-man football rankings. They are currently sitting tied for eleventh there. Rockport is on the road at East Ashton. Uh, the Wolves are ranked number seven in eight-man football. Rockport is a good rivalry game there. I remember the um, back in the days um, when both teams were 11-man football in the Rockport-Tarkio rivalry there. So that's a big rivalry there. EA looks to stay afloat there near the top of the eight-man football rankings. Rest of the schedule in the Highway 275 is South Holt. On the road at DeKalb, Southwest Livingston is at Stewartsville, Osborne, and the Nottaway Valley is on the road at Mound City. That is a look at the high school football schedule. I hope all of you have had a great Thursday night. I hope all of you have a great weekend at whatever high school football game you're attending on Friday night. Should be a fun one there. If you see me at Savannah at Benton, don't... Don't hesitate to come say hi. Definitely love saying hi to all my supporters and all my fans. Want to give a shout out to one more time our sponsors, uh, the great folks at Tolly and Associates, um, the great folks at Barnes Roofing, Nikki Grom there, and the team there at Barnes Roofing, um, David Jin Showbro, and then Rob and Stacey Astuder. As always, thank you guys so much for your contribution to the podcast. Also, want to thank all the great football coaches who jumped on here with me this week to offer interviews ahead of our big matchups ahead for week five. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back tomorrow night with our week five high school football postgame show and a preview of Missouri Western and Northwest football in week four of the MIAA season. Until tomorrow night, take care, everybody.